Palm Sunday is the day we remember and we celebrate Jesus's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. The Bible tells us this, that this occurred a week before Jesus's trial and execution, and actually an exact week before his resurrection from the dead. And so that is why each year, the week before Easter Sunday, we celebrate Palm Sunday. The passage we've read has uh, a number of memorable moments in it. It has uh, Jesus riding in triumphantly as a king to his city. It has the crowd welcoming him and uh, hailing him as the king. And I love verse 16, a very memorable verse where Jesus uh, tells the religious leaders from the lips of children, you have established praise. That last little bit was especially relevant to me a couple of weeks ago. I was visiting home. I was back in America, and uh, my daughter said something quite funny to my own mother. My mother was asking Fiona, uh, my daughter, uh, how she enjoyed church. Did she have fun this morning? And my daughter, Fiona, thought it was a good time to lecture her grandmother to say, no, Nana, we don't go to church to have fun. We go to church to worship God. <laughs> Not the sort of thing you'd expect a six-year-old to say, and I don't think it's what Jesus had in mind in verse 16. I think it's fair to say that most of us know that this passage is important. In fact, it's quite relevant to us at this particular time, but I wonder if you know why it might be relevant to us at this time. How is this relevant to us? What does Jesus's triumphal entry into Jerusalem have to do with us? We who find ourselves isolated, out of our normal routines, many of us are fearful or anxious about the future. What does this have to say to us? And I think it's fair to say that many people know it's relevant because so many different people are tuning in and watching and listening to sermons and Bible readings and so many different ways that churches are putting on services online. I was amazed to hear that the first uh, service we had online after the lockdown had over 1,200 people tune in to watch. Where are these people coming from? I don't know, but it's a sign that people know that the church is the place to turn to. Scripture is what we turn to in times like these, even if we don't exactly know what that means. So this morning, I simply want to give you a few thoughts about how this passage is meaningful to us and relevant to us in such a time as this. The main point of this narrative is to stress that Jesus has a particular kind of authority. Authority is all over this passage. And it's not just simply saying that Jesus has authority or that he is an important guy, but rather that he possesses a certain kind of authority that nobody else has. Just consider for a moment how authority is all over this passage. And if you have your Bible, I'd invite you to look back over. Back at verse one, Jesus takes control of the situation, sending two disciples ahead of him. He has this all planned out. The triumphal entry does not happen to Jesus. He makes it happen. And he has organized it all the way down to specific details, not just what disciples are going to do, but where they're going to find the donkey and what they're going to 
who they're going to get the donkey from and what they're going to say when challenged about this donkey. He knows where he's going, when he's going to do it, and what's going to happen when he gets there. And verse 6 tells us that the disciples obeyed. They went and did exactly as Jesus commanded them. We're seeing that Jesus is authoritatively taking control of the situation. And immediately after this, he takes control yet again. This time in the temple, in a demonstration of his authority, he challenges what was happening in the temple. He challenges the false worship and the distractions that had crowded God's temple, and he clears them out. He drives them out. In his sovereign authority, Jesus has decided now is the time to make his appearance, and this is the way that it'll be carried out. The disciples don't make that decision. The crowd does not make that decision. The religious leaders do not make that decision. Jesus decides where he will go, what he will do, and what will happen when he gets there. The people who saw him rightly perceived that Jesus was making a statement about his authority. In verse 23, he's challenged by the chief priests and the elders of the people, and they ask him, by what authority are you doing these things, they asked. And who gave you this authority? Just as the religious leaders recognized, Matthew is presenting Jesus here as someone who possesses sovereign authority, the kind of authority that can take any situation, any set of circumstances, any scenario to accomplish his will. He can use a donkey and two disciples. He can use the words of children. Jesus bears the kind of authority that can intervene in any situation. Why? To draw people to himself. What does this have to do with us in the middle of such strange circumstances? Quite simply, this passage shows us that God is able to break into our lives, to grip us and to convict us and to challenge us in whatever circumstances we find ourselves in. The triumphal entry shows Jesus's rightful authority, his power and ability to break into any situation or circumstances. Unannounced, unexpected, to grip us and to change us if we have ears to hear. Sometimes it seems without any warning, without any preparation, Jesus breaks in and he intervenes and he challenges us. We're busy with something else. We're busy with life. We have worries and anxieties. We have our career. We have work and life and kids and family. And all of a sudden we are gripped by the presence of God and we're convicted by the words of Jesus. And it brings us to a standstill. And God does this through so many different means. He does it through the words of friends. He does it through the words of family. He does it through the words of children, as we've seen. He can do this through a passage of scripture. And he can do this out of the blue when we weren't looking for it in the first place. There is no obstacle too big or too high when Jesus Christ chooses to reveal himself, to intervene, he is able to challenge us and to grip us by the most surprising means possible. 
There's a famous theologian who lived 1,600 years ago. His name was Augustine, and he was the Bishop of Hippo in North Africa. And he tells us in his biography that he was sitting in a garden one day when he heard the voice of a child singing in a nearby house. Augustine was depressed, he was sad, he was lonely, he was weeping over his many sins, and he wondered why God was not speaking to him until he heard this child singing. And the child was singing, pick up and read, pick up and read. The child wasn't singing to him, he just overheard. But he decided, you know what, I'll pick up and read whatever is closest to me. And he picked up what was closest to him to read it. And it happened to be Paul's letter to the Romans. And he read that book. And what he says in his own words is that when he read those words, he felt a light of full certainty infused into his heart and all the gloom and doubt vanished away. And he refers to this moment as his conversion to the Christian faith. God can use any circumstances out of the blue to confront us, to grip us, and to convict us if we have ears to hear. There's another illustration of this that might be more familiar to you, and it's the Apostle Paul. As you probably know, he was traveling towards Damascus one day without any love for Jesus in his heart. In fact, he hated Jesus, and he hated people who followed Jesus until he was literally knocked off his horse and blinded by the light from heaven when Jesus decided by his own sovereign authority to grip the Apostle Paul to confront him where he was. Paul couldn't get away. Even though he wasn't searching for it, he wasn't ready for it, he didn't want it. All of a sudden, Jesus broke into his life. And so I ask you to consider what's happening right now. As I speak, many countries around the world are on lockdown and we're forced to stay inside and separated from one another. And yet this has not stopped Jesus at all. In fact, the gospel is being preached all over the world, shared in so many different creative ways, in unexpected ways that we could never have imagined because Jesus is not restricted by the lockdown. His word is not chained in this lockdown. Quite the contrary, the gospel is going out in amazing ways and we're having Bible studies together and fellowship groups together and prayer meetings together in ways that are amazingly powerful. And we're seeing the way that God can work through any circumstances to confront and to challenge and convict his people. That means if you're hearing these words, you're hearing scripture right now. So you might be a veteran Christian or you might be watching this because a family member is making you but you are hearing from God's word. And that means that Jesus is not chained by this lockdown. His word is active and he is using the present circumstances to accomplish his will and to draw people to himself. Now, our responsibility, as I've mentioned, is to have ears to hear and eyes to see what God is doing so that we can be ready to respond appropriately. We get a glimpse of what it means to respond the wrong way in this passage when Jesus entered the temple and he found improper worship. And this is an illustration and a picture of the judgment that is headed for those who ignore what God is doing, for those who plug their ears and do not want to see 
what God is doing. Now, this is not what the world tells you. What the world tells us is that God, if there is one, is there to wait on us, to be ready when we have time for him, to listen when we have a problem, to do what I want when I want him to. Of course, God will forgive me. That's his job. Unfortunately, that's not the kind of God we read about in the Bible. The God we read about in the Bible is absolutely sovereign in the way that he intervenes in his own time to challenge us and grip us and convict us in his own way. That means I can't pretend that I'll get around to taking God seriously at some point later in life. When I've had my fun, when I've accomplished my uh, career goals, when I get some more time, when it's convenient for me, I'll take Jesus seriously. Jesus may be confronting you today, but that's no guarantee you'll have the same opportunity tomorrow. Deep down, you know in your heart that that day that you're putting off may never come. If you're hearing his voice today, do not harden your hearts. Today is the day to respond. Don't put it off. Don't wait for a more convenient time. That day may never come. The world tells you that you are in control. You can decide what you want, when you want it. But I think that the present circumstances have shown us how silly that notion really is. Our normal routines in this life are actually quite fragile. One day life is normal. The next day life is completely different. One day life is easy relatively. And the next day we're struggling to find food and necessary resources to make it to the next day. We don't know what tomorrow holds. And those who say they do are lying. And since we don't know what tomorrow holds, today must be the day that we respond and respond rightly to the Lordship of Christ in obedience and humility. If you hear him calling you today, in whatever form he chooses to do so, do not harden your heart. As I say, this is a message for veteran Christians as well as new Christians and those who may simply be listening in this morning. I wonder how many times in our lives God has been speaking to us through his word, through his church family, through our circumstances, and yet we've been deaf to hear it like when we have the radio on in the car and we don't even hear it. We just drown it out with all the other things that are, that's on our minds in one ear and out the other. How often have we missed what the Holy Spirit is doing simply because we're not paying attention? But what would our lives look like if we actually were attentive to what God is saying when he's saying it? The words of C.S. Lewis are frequently quoted, but they are so true. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our consciences, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. The circumstances we find ourselves in right now are very strange, but God knows all about them. Our lives are not ideal. Some of us are in serious pain and discomfort. Some are lonely 
and just tired of it all and want it to go back to normal. But God knows all about it. And what's more, he very well might be using these circumstances to speak to you. I hope we're not too deaf to hear what he's saying. We might be isolated and uncomfortable, but God is just as active right now as he always has been, speaking to us, confronting us, convicting us with the truth about who Jesus Christ is and what we are to be as his disciples. Let's take a moment to be still and to ask God how we can respond rightly to his presence in our lives. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, forgive us for being deaf to what you have to say to us. We thank you for overcoming every conceivable obstacle to bring your word to us today. Lord, I pray that you would give us soft hearts and ears that are open to hear, hands that are ready and quick to obey. Lord, we want to be your disciples. We want to love Jesus more deeply. We want to be like him. And we pray that you would give us the strength, that you would give us the grace, that you would give us the mercy and the power through your Holy Spirit to be who you want us to be. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus Christ, who was our hope. Amen.